dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Time once again for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. My next guest was named one of the one of the 100 most influential people in the cannabis industry by High Times Magazine. Hi, Steve Donners. He leads the genetics research and development and business development for our farm-to-shelf hemp company with on-premise growing, harvesting, extraction, distillation, testing, and product development. I'm here with the co-founder and chief development officer at Solari Hemp, Jake Salazar. Jake, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. A lot, a lot of accolades right there. High times putting the, uh, put, putting the notice out there. That's actually a uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> so, no, so Laurie Hemp, let's talk about the company first of all. So the, I actually got that one two years in a row. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's uh, it, was that, well, it was after I won 20 cannabis cups. So I, oh, my God. I <laughs> so tell me, uh, what is it uh, that you were necessarily best? I mean, I I'm sorry if I haven't kept up with cannabis cups. I mean, I don't get to go to those events myself. Oh, but. it's okay. <laughs> But uh, that's a quite a transition, I must admit. Now, Solari Hemp launches far. You launched recently with a farm-to-shelf operation with over 150 acres of Colorado hemp farms. Again, for on-site extraction, distillation, testing, and product development. So, talk to me from cannabis cups to hemp farming. Sure. Yeah. You know, well, it was a pretty natural progression um, in the marijuana space. Um, you know, I was I was there. From the, at the very beginning, I have one of the oldest licenses in Colorado. I help a lot of the regulations, so I get the idea of kind of what's good and what's bad within the regulatory framework when it comes to marijuana. Um, but when we were when we were young in the industry, uh, you know, back in 2010, 2011, we started finding genetics um, that we were breeding here in Colorado, and the stuff that we would bring in. Some of these genetics had had uh, properties to them that had nothing to do with THC. You know, so the growers were like, you know, throw them out <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, I guess you just uh, call it, you know, I don't know, somebody telling us in the, in the back of our heads, no, why don't we keep that? Because we don't know what it is. Um, we have no idea back then, you know, what was good and what was bad, what was going to be the future of the industry, what wasn't going to be the future of the industry. So we kept all those genetics and we kept running trial tests for them. Uh, and, you know, as we were running these lab tests, you start getting results of CBD, CBG, CBN. And none of us back then knew what those properties meant. We just knew that some of our genetics had those properties within them. And we're going to talk about that and a little bit. I want, to, I want to bring that up a little bit later on, but I want to go ahead and sure. focus still more on Solari Hemp itself. One of your co-founders... Sure, well, that was kind of the progression going in, why, why it transferred into Solari Hemp. But yeah, ah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want to get into the part of the cannabinoids in a little bit. That's why I wanted to hold the sure. table that off for the next, after the break, keep people around for a little bit. Now, one of sure, your founders, sure, sure. Colin Gallagher, said when you launched, you said, quote, we founded the company on the vertical integration model. We wanted to create a company with real partnerships, so our farmers are, equity, are our equity partners, and we have strategic partners in different parts of the company. So talk to me about this idea of vertical integration and the strong partnership with the farmers that you work with. Sure. Yeah. Vertical integration 
was, you know, uh, uh, on a trust factor of the products were actually coming from us. So most of the industry, if people aren't aware of the of how the industry works, a lot of the farmers are independent. Uh, you know, they source genetics from God knows where, most of them. Uh, they don't understand most of what they're even looking at. And they grow their genetics. And then they're, then they're sitting around at the end. You know, first of all, they're trying to figure out how to harvest this stuff without destroying it. Then once, if they can figure that out, then they have to find somewhere to process it. And there's a huge log jam there. So all these processors, you know, they're just taking in as much hemp as they can and then just trying to convert that into oils and stuff. And then you have a lot of most of these companies, most of these CBD companies that are out there right now are third party companies. So in other words, they're they're taking product that's been farmed by somebody else that they've never met. They're buying their their extract from some guy that they, they, they probably know, but they're just buying it. And then by the time they're putting it into their products you know, they're, that's it. They're just slapping a label on it and saying CBD or whatever it is that they're doing. And that's about 90% of the industry. Um, and that, that's, that was what we wanted to get away from. We really wanted to build a trust up with our, with our consumer because that's just the chain of custody, you know, owning that chain of custody, you know, brings in a trust level. We're not going to grow stuff. That's no, bad I ask because it would be bad for our company. When it comes to vertical integration, there are those experts out there, uh, let's play devil's advocate. There are some that say that there's an ability to leverage economies in a vertically integrated business model. But then there's also those that will say that it might not be the best model because of the, the customer demographic of cannabis being broad and the diverse number of business models that might be viable. There's other ways to go. So what do you say to the people that might say that they might go a different route and they might... Uh, they might have a disagreement. They might debate and say, maybe vertical integration. I'd like to know what your, why you would say it is the best model for you. Well, it gives us the opportunity to pivot. And I would say to those experts, think about the other portions of the company that we can contribute to or the other portions of the industry. So we can pivot pretty much any direction. Right now, we brought on natural recovery greens. That's a whole different level of product line that we're putting out there that brings, that breaks into more of the the nutraceutical and everyday wellness uh, workout uh, type of people, um, you know, we can provide biomass to come to other extract companies. We can take, we can take other biomass as long as it's grown with our genetics, we can, we can farm out, uh, you know, our genetics to, to other growers as long as we're willing to buy the crop back from them. If it's, if it's in good condition, um, we can do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, you've got, You've got the, the smokable flour uh, that, we can, that we can process, and that's becoming very popular out there. So that be vertical means that we can pivot. We can white label for other companies, which we do. Um, now, you know, the thing is, I, you're not the only person that, uh, dis that, that agrees that way, because I'm reading from a story from MJ Biz Magazine that talks about uh, the case of vertical integration versus other methods. And one of the groups that actually definitely makes the case for it is the Arcview Group. So they're talking about how vertically integrated businesses can be more responsive than the needs of consumers and rapidly capitalize on trends. So yep. business owners are also able to leverage economies of scale so they can see yep. higher profit margins throughout the supply chain. So again, you're and that's, in, and that's, good, a, and that's good a very well said point. So I wanted to bring that across. So that's a good place to go and start. Um, nice way to kind of get things started here. I'm here with Jake Salazar, co-founder, chief development officer at Solari Hemp. I want to go ahead and talk more about the hemp industry because we've uh, definitely want to go in that direction and learn about 
about the product line you have that's coming up right now with Nature Germany that you just mentioned, and all the issues with the hemp industry when it comes to opportunities and the implementation of whichever governing body is now in control of the hemp bill and the implementation of it, whether it's FDA, DEA, or others. We'll talk all about that after a short break. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected. Get informed and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for joining us once again here on Blunt Business. I'm here with Jake Salazar, the co-founder and chief development officer at Solari Hemp. Jake, sorry, I get just jumped right in after breaks. It's like just snaps right in here. It's a process here at this show. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> now, really quickly, I want to go and ask about an interview that you had with Westward. Uh, you were interviewed sure. and you spoke about greater opportunity in the hemp industry. You said this, quote, I wanted to get away from the traditional marijuana industry and dive into something more cutting edge. Hemp is this gateway to clinical studies and has different types of cannabinoids that can help people that aren't as prominent in the marijuana industry. End quote. So like I said, we're going to get back to cannabinoids. I promise that to our listeners. I promise <laughs> to you. Let's go ahead and expand hey. on that subject. Appreciate it. Sure. sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in the marijuana space, you know, uh, we found ourselves in our genetics labs trying to smash as much THC into those plants as we possibly could through selective breeding processes. But in parallel, we were also taking it out, learning how to, learning the different genetics too, that were more rich in other cannabinoids versus just THC. And, and that's what, you know, with, as long, with the farm bill opening up, uh, you know, federally to the hemp space, 
if you have your hands on those kind of genetics where you understand the genomic and phenomic uh, properties of those genetics, then that opens you up to, as you're starting to grow those genetics and extract them, other formulations of other cannabinoids that can help people. Um, you know, then you start dialing into certain levels of other cannabinoids that you can put into your formulations to, you know, help with, with you know, an array of different things that people may want to use for their everyday uh, health regimens. Um, or, or, you know, I, you, know you can't, you know, who knows? The idea is who knows until you really start clinically studying these, these things, what they're really doing to people. But people are swearing by this stuff. I use it myself. I know it works. Um, and so, you know, it's why is it working? What is causing that to happen? If, if I'm able to fall asleep at night because I'm taking a certain thing, why? And, you know, if, if I, you know, if I'm using this product and, and it's, it's alleviating the lower pain in my back, why? Why is it doing that? And those are the questions that need to be answered. And that's what this industry ultimately opens up. But you can't get there without having the right genetics. Because when you bring this stuff into your lab, the higher the cannabinoid content, the, the, the better off you're going to be in your product runs when you're running these, uh, these plants through it. So the more cannabinoids, the, the more extract you're going to get. And the more trials and, and, and the more products you're going to get out of it. So that really, you know, having those cannabinoid-rich genetics really helps the scale, the economy of scale when it comes to how you actually operate your, your business. So it all, it all fits in there. Yeah. It's been amazing uh, so what we've talked about on this show when it comes to the issues of the, the implementation. The, the really, and just some of the outcrops we have as a result of the hemp bill, that we're not able to get proper research out there. Yet we do have companies that are making some changes. We've uh, talked to a few people that were working with universities to try to get the research done so they can actually get product to the universities, even though they can't do it on campus, but they can do the research sure. and get something done well, to we, see that. And really for those... Which I've there, been... Go ahead. I, yeah. Well, I sponsored the first cannabis genomic research program in the history of the United States at CU in 2014. And we were the first ones to map the cannabis genome. So, I mean, yeah, that's all great. But that's why in this side of the business, we brought on Dr. Kyle Heim from Pfizer uh, a microbiologist that worked for eight years at Pfizer that, that now is responsible for all of our product formulations and, and quality control uh, and is able to do that, that kind of research right here in-house. Um, and that's exactly what he's been doing for the last year and a half. But there's a um, thing, Jake. We have, we're having an issue where I, I don't know, I, I don't see enough information. When I've done interviews about cannabis, about research of product, just to kind of, because mm-hmm. I want I want research findings that can tamp down all the mainstream media that's just continued to go ahead and bash away. Because, first of all, the FDA is is dumbfounded because they don't know. First of all, they're not allowing the research to be done. Then you have, sure. you know, policymakers that also, they can't really leverage, even though they want the, the revenue that comes from legalization or what the hemp bill will provide. But then they can't go back to constituents. They can't go back to other groups to be able to go ahead and lobby back because there's nothing there to yeah. work off of. No resources, no information that can go off of that. And I appreciate that you can bring someone from Pfizer on and you can have a couple of years of testing here and hopefully come back with some results. But at the end of the day, where are we getting anywhere by being able to go ahead and turn around the narrative? Because we're not getting there yet. That's what's going to change everything. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why with, with, uh, as, as we progress here, especially coming into 
the second quarter, our entire marketing campaign is about 80% educational. You know, a lot of it, you know, obviously there's, 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 you know, product, uh, you know, identification, people need to understand the logo and what it really means. But we, uh, we would a hundred percent agree with you at Solari here because what, what the industry needs is education. And that's why our marketing, we feel like a, an educated consumer is going to be a consumer for life. Somebody that we can explain these products to that really understands them is going to be around for a long time. And that we feel like is, is very important to get that out there. And so, yeah, there's just a, a lack of knowledge because this stuff has been closed off for the last 80 to a hundred years to, to the, to, to most of the public around the world. But so there's got to be a two pronged like approach. Us. There's got to be the part yeah. where, I mean, okay, within companies that we've talked to that are growing hemp, we've talked to people in Minnesota, Oregon, Georgia, they're doing the education on the local grounds. But my issue right. still is, it's got to be the other approach where who is getting to Washington, D.C.? Yeah, yeah. And we're doing that. We're lobbying in D.C. I mean, we're, we've, we've got our people up there. We've been doing that for a couple of years now. I've been lobbying cannabis legislation for 10 years. So, I mean, I've sat, I was the vice chairman of the marijuana industry group, sat on the board of, and the, of the national cannabis organizations. I've spoken uh, and contributed to, you know, the conference of Western attorney generals at, at their conferences. I mean, we've tried, you know, and we've been in there. I shouldn't say try to I me mean, now, you know, you're starting to see it, you know, a shift uh, towards that. But yeah, I mean, a lot more work still needs to be done especially on the clinical studies. I mean, come uh, on, let's get a William Wallace yeah. out here to go ahead and let's get, let's get some, <laughs> let's get 300 out here with these people. Yeah. You know, we're from yeah. Sparta, damn it. Come on, let's get some, something happening. Because when, I, I yeah. just feel like. Well, you know, that guy didn't last either. He had, he had to take one for the team. They all <laughs> but died. Okay, but you know what? We're, we need we're some in business. We're, try, are, we're trying to survive through this too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not expecting saints here, but. You know, <laughs> we can't get the information out to the people. And, this, and honestly, it's so many things in the play. I mean, look, I, I have bashed the mainstream media over and over. And I've worked in that business. I worked in newspaper, sure. radio, and television in journalism. I'm ashamed of what the business has become today when trying to get this word out. I mean, it's just become something that if, if a policymaker, like say a presidential candidate, brings it up as a, as a platform, part, a part of their platform, that's about the only time we hear anything about it. And when it comes down, just looking for information on this show, when I hear Scott Gottlieb, he can't give an answer to anything. And they just dragged yeah. this thing out for months. We had the, what was it, back in May, we had the, the open meeting. And after that, what is it now, the DEA is coming in to intervene on this? Like, no answer yeah. to this at all. Well, I think, I, think, I think the DEA has now stepped back. But, okay. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, but, yeah, they start just throwing, I mean, it's a lot like the marijuana industry. All of a sudden, you just start seeing you know, these kind of ideas get thrown out there. You know, I think the FDA, especially in their last releases, I think they've taken, you know, a better position within the industry. I think, you know, they realize that it's here and I think that they really want to get stuff done. You know, I, I think the FDA, you know, they, they got, they got kind of, you know, caught off guard with the whole vape thing. And I think they want to make sure that they're crossing the T's and dotting the I's on this one, which is fine. You know, uh, I mean, but, you know, I think we're I think we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think that anything federally in this country moves fast. Well, that's um, talk, oh, hey, can I can I bring this up? <laughs> Let me bring up my next point. Federal agricultural officials. I'm reporting this to everybody now. Federal agricultural officials have recently delayed the requirement that all THC testing on hemp crops 
must be performed at laboratories registered with the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. The testing delay comes after farmers and states alike complained, like yourselves, there wouldn't be enough DEA labs to handle demand. So this announcement comes into play. Again, makes your point. Yeah. But, you know, as it progresses, it will change. Um, I think as the research comes out and these companies, you know, what you want here is you want strong balance sheets in these companies, right? You want these companies to be able to profit because especially if they have good R&D departments like we're building, um, because that's where you're going to get a lot of this research out to the public. Um, you know, these companies being strong, you know, having having good good point of sales uh, is, is only going to take this, this industry further. It's going to, it's going to come to more clinical trials. It's going to come to, to better products being released. Things that, uh, things that, you know, I think, frankly, I think it's going to unlock a lot of things that people didn't even realize that this plant could do. Um, you know, things that I've, I, I get the luxury of taking every day because <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the, I'm the chief development officer, which also means I'm one of the chief testing officers, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm completely, you know, alcohol free at this point and everything else. And, wow. you know, just living a good life on, on, on all of our, on a lot of these different products and, and formulations that we get to play with every day. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. You know, I feel great. That's so, great. but again, I, the question that still remains is why, why do I feel great? Right. Now, what I am I, what is to... it that I'm taking? That's, that's the why. Okay. Now I want to report something. This just came up uh, as we're recording now. Marijuana Moment actually reported on this. You know, the DEA having the delays and their issues has also been addressed by the USDA secretary. So Secretary Sonny Perdue was asked to weigh in on concerns hemp producers have expressed about testing requirements. Under the interim final rule, farmers must use DEA registered labs. We just talked about that. And Purdue recognized the issue. He was quick to note that the USDA recently announced it will be temporarily lifting certain provisions, including testing rules, as agencies determine how to streamline the process, but also indicated the DEA is putting pressure on the department to maintain strict regulations for marijuana's non-intoxicating cannabis cousin. Again, I mean, nobody's on the same page with this here. And I don't know what we can do on our end as an industry to push back here, but this is ridiculous. I mean, I think push back is, is strong language, right? Well, that's me as host of the show. How do we get in there to, to actually show them what we know, right? And, and how do we create the programs, you know, to, to be able to, to transfer the kind of intellectual property that, that a company like Solari would have to the federal government without worry that we would somehow lose it? Uh, Right, because this stuff that we're doing is valuable. Right, we're 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 ultimately, you know, run. We we have to do the best thing for our investors on on this side of the fence. And so, you know, just letting out that kind of intellectual property, you know, I think I think that people would probably want to string me up if we did that. Um, you know, so it's how how do we how do we communicate these kinds of things without you know you know, potentially losing a very competitive edge in the, in the industry. So the USDA has prompted the department to announce it'll reopen a comment period in the 2020 planning season, more delays. And then also the FDA submitted an update on the status of regulations for hemp derived CBD. Agency is in the process of determining whether the cannabis compound can be marketed at a di- as a dietary supplement. We're still waiting for that. And it's still developing enforcement discretion guidelines for cannabidiol cannabidiol i just sure 
<laughs> well, I I mean, but in, I, in my opinion, it should be a nutraceutical. I think it's absolutely. Right. I think I think it's very easy to make that argument. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, more delays. But I, again, I mean, right? You had the first farm bill that really, you know, kind of led the way in 2014. Right. And and then you have the most recent one in 2018. And that's I think in 2018 is when it really, when people really understood, you know, that it was a big deal. Um, you know, I saw it back in 2014, and that was when we really, you know, that was when I started pushing High Times to start running CBD cups, yeah, to to market the fact that we had these kind of genetics and the stuff was actually here. Um, and and so I, you know, I I think I I, th- I think I think they're making progress. Right. Yeah. I think it's, 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 I think the, all things considered, it's come a long way in two years. And I, I think people really, there's a demand for these products now that, that, that there just wasn't there before. And so I think, you know, they're, they're going to have to make some decisions and, you know, those comment periods aren't terrible, right? No. Because it allows people from the industry to make comments and, and, you know, they're taking them seriously. Because you're right, they do want the pro- the government ultimately wants to 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 make money in, in their decision to to do these things that they legalize, and so I think you know for them it's how do we how do we balance public health and safety versus the the checkbook? And I think you know those so those comment periods aren't terrible, right? As, as long as there's good actors participating in that stuff, and I would you know I, I would tell you know companies to 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 take those comment periods seriously. Because yeah. that that is that is kind of your gateway to to get a voice in there. Um, and but and, you know, and Jake, to, uh, well, you don't know this, but I would just say, people that listen to this program, you, as the host of this program, I think people well enough know I am cynical, <laughs> very skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> I just am. I just you know. I just got reading. I just finished a book about profiles of corruption, and I'm just thinking, okay, politicians really gonna you can do the right thing for? Oh yeah, can't come on. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, like, trust me, I'm with you on that one thousand uh, percent. I mean, okay, I won't, I won't can we just, get into the, I don't want to get into a political conversation. No, no, on your no, no, show. absolutely. But can I just say one thing? But, uh, but, can we just? But, uh, can but I, I just ask a politician? Where people Listen, can, uh, a congressman. Yeah. How much money do yeah. I have to throw at you to do something? I know, and that's all you, you care about. I'll just roll. Give me a number. I'll give it to you. That, but that's 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 not that's not how you do it. No, I you know, know it's not. It's not. I mean, listen. I I can certainly tell you. I've been lobbying on behalf of this industry for a long time, and 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 you know, again, it's it's the educational approach. It's spending. It's it's not so much throwing lobbying dollars at these people yeah. as it is getting them to really understand where you're coming from, right? Get, you know, getting personal with these people. And that, that can be hard, right? Because these people generally are inaccessible to, to most. Um, so, you know, but we, ha- I can tell you this, the industry has from the cannabis industry to the hemp industry has forged some really high power relationships at this point. Um, and, and it, and again, it's not just done with money. It's done with education. It's all, it's done with personal relationships. It's done in, you know, kind of understanding, where that politician stands on certain things and, and kind of how to approach that, that person with, you know, what you know is right, but, but explaining it to them so they know it's right. Um, so it's not all done just with money. I mean, obviously, you know, money is, is, is somewhat of a factor, but it's not, it's not the biggest factor. I don't think, you know, just throwing money at these guys, you know, that, that dirties up the industry, which I think the industry has got a pretty, pretty good, you know, face to it right now. And, and, and I think we've made a pretty clean approach to, to, to how the politics have been handled. And so I think, you know, 
I mean, we've come a long way in, you know, in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, you've got, you know, when I got in the industry in 2008, this was all a dream. Yeah. Not, you know, 10 years later to be, you know, to have built two, you know, big companies in, in this industry coming out of college, you know, in my, in my early twenties, yeah. uh, to be at this level now was something that I would have laughed about when I was, when I was in college. I mean, no, and man. so, you know, it, it's happened quickly if you, if you really look yeah. at it. Um, and I, and I, you know, I think, I think, you know, people would have liked, I think the general public, you know, would be on the side of, I think the numbers clearly show that legalization is very popular. Um, but then, you know, legalization is one thing, then it's regulation. Right. right. And that's really what we're talking about. So that's, you know, w- w- uh, what people know is right. Once it gets legalized then it's okay. Now you've got all these politicians that are going to have to write policy and regulatory <laughs> things behind it. That takes another two, three years. And then it's like implemented. And then you've got all the change bills that, you know, things that they're going to clean up that are going to come down the pipe. You know, I mean, all that stuff is still coming. Hey, so I commend you for, you're an ambassador, <laughs> my friend, but you know, I almost feel like maybe the Coastal Nostra needs to come back and like move themselves to Colorado, <laughs> make some things happen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding right there. Anyway, I'm here with Jake Salazar. Uh, he's co-founder, chief development officer at Solari. Now, we're going to come back. That's a short break. What a great conversation. We'll be back to wrap things up in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back on Blunt Business and uh, having a fan conversation here with Jake Salazar, co-founder and chief development officer at Solari Hemp. Uh, website real quick. Give me the URL. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, www.solarihemp.com. All right. Now you're rolling out a THC-free line of hemp-derived CBD isolate products. You have gummies, liquid soft gel capsules, pain cream, warming, cooling, and arnica balm tins, warming and cooling, roll-on gel, in MCT oil tinctures and lemon and fresh mint flavors, ranging from 60 milligram to 1500 milligram. It'll be in health and wellness stores, drugstores, convenience, tobacco, and grocery stores all around the U.S. and online at solarhemp.com. So what are some of the uh, featured products that you think people should definitely take a look at? Yeah, I mean, so I personally have been using, I, I use the gel caps every night to go okay. to sleep. Um, that, that's how I use them. I'm not saying that that's how everybody needs to use them. I'm certainly not making a claim, but I use them and I've been using them for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, you mentioned the isolate products. We launched with the isolate products because that's what the retailers and the distributors were asking us to do. Mm-hmm. We had a, a, a very, a very cool edge, um, to, to gain a mass distribution channel, um, kind of right from inception, which, you know, really gave us a good competitive edge to, to get into, to, you know, a lot of convenience and, uh, and other big box chains. Um, and this is what everybody was requesting. We can do any kind of product, full spectrum, broad spectrum, you name it. Uh, but we launched with these ones because we knew we, we had outlets for them. Um, the, the other really neat products, uh, we actually just uh, took a, a large minority stake in a company called Natural Recovery Greens. Yes. Um, and that is a phenomenal product. Um, Natural Recovery Greens has new flavors coming out. Uh, all of our all of our product is now you know it's now powered by Solari Hemp, um, and and they actually have uh, some really neat new uh, uh, sparkling waters and things that are going to be coming out um, that are are going to be uh, also jumping into some of those stores that uh, that we've already mentioned, um, and so that is just a really neat company. And we've got some other really cool uh, powered by Solari white label deals that are coming down the pipe um, with some pretty pretty well known uh, athletes. Um, I'm under confidentiality, so unfortunately, I can't I can't say it That's on your okay. show right now. But but when it does come out, you will you will be one of the first to know. Excellent. Um, and so, but the the products that that I that I personally enjoy, I love the cooling bomb. Um, cool. During during the summertime, I uh, I'm a big golfer, so lower back, and I'm you know I'm a father of two, so you know, low back starts going out when you get into your 40s and. So the low back uh, ISO cream is amazing. The, the bombs are amazing. Uh, and then I actually put a little on my neck to keep my neck cool. Just, you know, in those 90 degree days, it just feels, yeah. just feels good back there where I'd normally put a wet towel back there. You know, it's just a nice, uh, nice little thing. And then I, uh, I also, I use the heating bombs when I'm skiing uh, during the winter time. So I use the, uh, I use the heating bomb, you know, probably two or three times every day when I'm up on the, when I'm up on the mountain. Um, so those are the ones that I personally use a lot. The ones that are selling, obviously, uh, we sell an awful lot of gel caps. We sell a lot of the bombs, uh, and the gummies are are very popular, um, which is something that we teetered whether or not to do, um, you know. But we felt it pretty safe to to do them the way that we did them. Um, 
And so, you know, the, the gummies are, are also very popular. Fantastic. All right. Really good stuff. Uh, so uh, with that said, again, solarihemp.com, S-O-L-A-R-I, hemp.com is where you can find everything else. And, you know, I got to tell you, what a fun conversation here, Jake. I really do appreciate you being able to join us. This was good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Anytime. I, I love this stuff. Uh, I can, uh, you know, soapbox is always ready to go and jump on. I, I'm just – no, because you know what? I, I watch some of the news out there. And the other thing, too, is it's a lot of different things, whether it's representation of the industry, who gets thrown in the mainstream news and talks on behalf of the industry. Like, it got plus MPP and other companies, other organizations. But I just feel like, man, it, it, this is like getting on that hill. I mean, I'm not expecting people to die on that hill, but please get on that hill and defend and let's let's get some real evidence out there. Because I'll tell you, you know, <laughs> facts will destroy any kind of narrative that's out there. Because if it's just yeah. talking and we have to just talk our way into the narrative, it's not going to work. We have to show solid, undeniable proof. It's got to be like a, like a court case. You know, over yeah, and, and, and that's what it's moving towards. And I think, I think that there's, there's, there's a better roadmap towards that now than there's ever been. Right. I mean, you've got, you've got universities that are opening up cannabis programs in their agriculture departments and things like that. I mean, that, those are all, I think, big signs that this is coming. Um, obviously, you know, if, if history tells us anything, we're going to stumble a lot along the way. Um, and, and I can tell you this guys like me, have come pretty damn close to dying on that hill a couple of times. So believe you me, man, wow. I've got I've gotten to the top of K2 without oxygen saying, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it, man. <laughs> like, we, we need something up here to help us out. <laughs> because, I mean, you, you know, the guys that really stick their necks out in this industry, you know, tend, tend to get shot at quite a bit. And I'm and you being the cynic that you are, I'm sure you've seen that. And you know what I'm talking about. Totally. And so – you have to be really careful how you play those cards if you want to last. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's weighing that, you know, do I, <laughs> you know, do I go all in and just become this crazy activist or, or do we be smart and, and kind of work the behind the scenes uh, and really, you know, do what you said, get the facts into the right people's hands, you know, with the right relationship to really, you know, get behind these bills, which, you know, you've got guys like Polis, man, that are just, you know, you know, this guy, you know, when I first went in to have a conversation with him, first time not being in an eighth grade field trip that I went to D.C. Uh-huh. to walk into a congressman's office to lobby on behalf of the cannabis industry was really cool. And then to have him be the governor of Colorado now and, 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 and being the advocate that he has, I mean, those those are the kind of relationships that, that are really come out in the last 10 years. And that's going to I think, you know, really uh, I think it's going to happen more and more. And I think that's a great thing. You know, I would also be grateful. I think the one thing would also be a major catalyst. Well, obviously the Safe Banking Act, but I still think that, well, one of your senators here in Colorado, Cory Gardner, along with Elizabeth Warren, now that uh, the senator from Massachusetts is no longer on the campaign trail, if after the 2020 election, they could go ahead and regenerate the States Act, let's get that passed, then we could get some real things going on. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, and you know, I think our I think our I think our public politicians here in Colorado have actually stood up quite a bit for the industry, even yes. if they themselves didn't all the way agree with the industry. I think that they 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 understand what the voters want here, and I think that makes a big difference in in, in the positions that they take. And that's fantastic. And that's that's what they're there for, right? 
you know, they're, they're, they're advocates for their voters. And, yeah. you know, this, this is a democracy, majority rules. So if you've got 70% of Coloradans that want to see certain things, even if you don't agree with it, hey, you know, this is it. And I think that that's great. You know, I, I don't think they've gone against the grain too much, which is, which is, you know, a really cool thing to see. Is a fight on the national level here, my, here where I'm in the state of Florida. 75% of those <laughs> want to have legalization as well. And you know what? We get yep. stupid things like uh, the two different ballot initiatives that are fighting against each other to make sure that, yep. that, that the ballot initiative cannot be put in for 2020. We have to wait for two yep. more years. It's a fight. We're going to continue to fight, my friend. Uh, Jake Salazar. Oh, I can tell you this. You, know, you, you guys have actually done a good job down there, though. I, I think that there's, there's promise in some of those bills, though. There really is. I, I, so. I think how they're rolling out is a little crazy, but uh, well, I think I, well, know, I think Holly Bell with the uh, the the Florida Bureau of Cannabis Control, I think she's done well getting the hemp program off and running. Very good job. Com- commendations to her. This for the cannabis yeah. legalization that I'm still very skeptical about. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, hey, I can t- all I can tell you is good luck down there. Keep fighting the good fight, man. Thank because, you. Because you know the more the more people like you that are out there that really understand what you're talking about, the better. Um, for the industry, and that's keep talking. I mean, that's just really what it is. This voice is going to continue. All right, I got to run. Thank you, Jake. Again, Salazar with Solari Hemp, solarihemp.com, S O L A R I hemp.com. Check out the assets, check out new products from Nature's Remedy, and more. We'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening to the Blunt Business. As always, you know where to find the show. Go subscribe to it, just Google it, you'll find it. Subscribe, listen in. Of course, it's here at Cannabis Radio. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.